Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, and as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're doing interview with an abductee. Just before we get to that though, I just want to say if you enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes, please make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast platform you use. Also, if you want to leave us a five-star rating or whatever is equivalent on your platform, uh, that makes a ton of difference and really helps us out, so I really appreciate that. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. We also have a blog and I'm going to post a few pictures uh, that were sent in from uh, the guests I have on today's episode. So if you want to see those because we reference them in this episode, uh, you can jump on to our WordPress blog. All of those links for everything I've just mentioned are in the description of this podcast. And also, one of you listening right now has the chance to win a Paranormal Thoughts podcast t-shirt as well. I did this a few episodes ago and a woman in Victoria here in Australia ended up snagging that shirt. But uh, all you have to do is listen through and I'll give details about how to win that shirt uh, at some point in this episode. My guest today is Ash And back in 2015 in Sacramento, he had an alien abduction experience where he came face to face with some grey aliens as well as a humanoid type creature as well. Now you're going to hear this story is pretty traumatic. I might just give a bit of a disclosure there if you have witnessed or experienced anything um, in the ET abduction phenomena, which is quite triggering. Uh, This episode might have a little bit of that, but hopefully you could get something out of this because I feel like a lot of the experiences that people have are not easy to talk about and often there's a lot of shame involved as well where people don't feel like they can reach out to anyone and Ash is definitely one of those people and he's only just recently started to come to terms and speak to people really about his experience he kind of wanted to ignore as much as he possibly could, which is totally understandable. So let's get into this chat with Ash. Ash, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'd love to hear a little bit about yourself. Currently, uh, yeah, I'm 26. Um, I'm a gunsmith. I'm a bit of a repairman, outdoorsy kind of person. Um, I'm 
just a regular American type guy. I, I like cars and going on hikes and hunting. Not really anything interesting. <laughs> That's cool. So your experience, at least the one that I'm familiar with, took place in 2015, correct? Yeah. So before that time, had you had anything unusual, paranormal kind of happen in your lifetime? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, throughout my childhood, I, I'd seen UFOs, for sure. I actually see one on my telescope. Um, I used to stargaze a lot. I had a telescope. This is when I was in uh, Florida, north of Pensacola, and I uh, saw something kind of like a, like a two plates stacked on top of each other, but with like like a cookie can on the very top of it, and it had lights all around it. So like the way it looked, it kind of looked like something that we would have. The lights on it seemed like something like uh, aviation lights. You know, like airplanes have to be like, hey, this, there's a craft over here. And it, it did get closer. And when I called for adults in, in the house I was living at to come see, they came out and they looked up and it was gone. I used to hunt squirrels, quail and stuff like that as a kid uh, with other hunters. And uh, one time we came across a set of footprints, but uh, they were... They were bare feet, not not bare feet, but like bare barefoot, like no shoes, and they were pretty big, but they were they were deep. Uh, so like whatever made them had to have been like twelve hundred pounds, and I never saw what made them. I've never seen anything that could have made those tracks, but that's about as close to weird as I can get for you, as far as before then. Yeah, no. The reason I ask is a lot of people I speak with. Typically, if they've had an ET top experience, there's usually some other things that have happened to them that either are an exact in exact relation or they're within the scope of paranormal. You know, it's 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 a very common thread, and that's why I always just like to ask because it's yeah, it's interesting to kind of pinpoint. I think people who have these experiences typically, yeah, for whatever reason, invite maybe other activity or they're more open to it. It's hard to say, but. Yeah, interesting to hear that you found some um, interesting footprints and uh, actually seen a UFO as well. When I've been out in the woods, um, there have been many times where and it's one of the reasons I don't I don't like hunting alone. Among many other factors, it's always good to have someone else with you in case you get hurt, you know, like sprain your ankle or something. I've had that happen too, and I've been alone, and that sucks. But uh, I've been alone in the woods hiking and gotten feelings like. Like I'm being watched and I've heard footsteps behind me, but no one's there. And it's not me. You know, like, like, you know, like you, you spend a lot of time out in the woods, you just, you know, sounds and stuff like that. And it'll be like dead quiet when it happens too. Like no bugs making noises. It's weird. So it's just like, you just get this feeling like I shouldn't be here. I should probably get out of here. That's, that's about the only closest thing I can get to like other, other weirdness aside from like, the footprints that I've talked to you about and lights in the sky that I can't explain that like zigzag. Well, that's it. That, that initial feeling of I shouldn't be here. I should probably definitely shouldn't be alone. I think, I don't know, our instinct is so powerful. When you listen in moments like that, I mean, it could be the difference between life and death, really, especially if you don't know particularly what you actually may be coming across. So let's, let's talk about the 
experience that you had in 2015, whereabouts did this take place? I mean, as far as like the whole experience, I have no idea where it was, where I was taken to, but I do know where it all started, man. I was, I was living in like Southport, Sacramento. It's not rural at all. It's Sacramento. It's super urban. Uh, I was living in a house with three other friends. I had my own room. Uh, I was sleeping that night and I got woken up because my, my room was super bright and there was a light through the ceiling. Like the, this, there was, the whole ceiling was lit up, but like a light was coming through it and I was not in my bed. I was being picked up by it. And I woke up or when I woke up to that, I was, I was all like, you know, still disoriented, like still waking up. And it wasn't until like I, I somehow was in a chair in like a room, kind of like a hospital room. That's the best way I could describe it. Kind of bright lights above me. That's when I freaked out. It's, it was terrifying. I, you know, you come to the realization of what's, what was happening. I never not believed in aliens, but I wasn't like for sure on the subject. When I realized what was in front of me, I, 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 I freaked out, but I couldn't move. Can you describe a little bit about what you saw in front of you? Um, so I didn't have any clothes on. I don't, it's hot now. California or whatever. It's just how I went to bed. Uh, so obviously I was in a, like already in a comfortable position. First of all, I went to bed in the security of my home and I woke up not in my home. Like, well, I woke up in my home, but I like suddenly I'm like now not in my home. That freaked me out. Uh, and there were these people who were short, but they had, they weren't human. They were, uh, had like gray skin and really large black eyes, kind of like uh, like some other animal. Like it was just all black, and uh, they had long fingers. Uh, they were short. The their necks were like really skinny compared to like the the rest of their body. Like wasn't really proportioned right with the, their heads. And uh, one of them was on my right messing with uh, some some thing, like some sort of, I don't really remember what it was, but it was like a kind of like rectangle shape thing. And then uh, that was the one on my left. And the one on my right was the one that was put in the machine on my face. I, I couldn't already move. I was already in a position where I couldn't move anything but my eyes. And when he went to go put this tube in my mouth and it went down my throat, uh, that's was, was like, I was just filled with dread. Uh, they, they have long fingers with pads, kind of like geckos do at the very tips. After the tube went down my throat, it was sucking out the stuff that was in my stomach, like all the food that I ate. And as they were pulling it out, I kind of like blacked out. 
I don't remember much else. Sorry, it's like, uh, it's just, sometimes when I think about it, like, I don't, re I don't really think about it often, but it's like, uh, I think about how I felt back then. It was scary. You're, you're totally fine. I can, I can hear it in your voice that um, it's something that you obviously don't verbalize a ton, which is completely understandable. Listening to you there, I mean, you're painting a terrifying picture. Like I can, I, I feel like I'm- I thought I was going to die. Yeah. I mean, you would, wouldn't you? Just waking up, not being where you went to sleep and then having these beings- around you which obviously they're not speaking to you you can't move and then next minute your stomach's getting pumped yeah like a, my initial reaction was okay where the fuck am i why am i here oh my god like and you know i i if my immediate instinct was to get up and start like swinging on these dudes i couldn't move that was the thing that's what freaked me out immediately like, like i was paralyzed that was the first time I've ever been in a position where it was like, hey, someone where someone has the ability to do whatever they want to me and I'm that vulnerable. Like I was just taken from my home. I'm unarmed. I don't have a way to do anything and I'm paralyzed. And these dudes were shoving like this tube down my throat. And uh like I didn't know what to expect. I was just you know, you're supposed to, to ride out the situation and just hope that nothing happens to you. It's, it's scary. No, most definitely. You're in the, the same position as a lot of people who, you know, have, have a very similar experience with these grey type beings. And it does seem time and time again that people who have these experiences with these beings, it can often be very traumatic very, very hostile by the sounds of it. You know, I guess there's a reason why yeah. they don't want you moving because of the the reaction you would have, which is totally understandable, you know, fight or flight. Um, so, yeah, whatever these beings are doing, it seems like time and time again, um, everyone, yeah, has a very similar, or at least a similar feeling from the event because it is terrifying. And as you as, as you mentioned um, the food is being pumped out of your stomach and you pass out. When do you wake up? I'm not even sure what the time frame is, but I wasn't, I didn't wake up in the same room. I, I woke up in a cage or something like it. What was the cage? Can you describe that at all? Like with all like screwed up things that you witness in life, like there's a lot of it. It's kind of like blurry mm -hmm. and like watched out. I remember them wearing things and I remember them messing with, with, with something, something. They were, they were doing stuff with these machines, kind of like, I don't know. And I just can't describe them. I can't really remember them. And um, when I woke up in the cage, it was like aluminum, the cage was. But it wasn't. Sometimes in metals, you can see through. I remember the tube that went down my throat was made out of something like metal, but you could see through it like glass. That was weird. Cage was like aluminum. And there was a guy, uh, 
I was putting my hands on the cage. I was just, you know, still kind of like distraught and I was freaking out. Uh, that's, you know, really when the fear starts setting in, like, why the fuck am I in a goddamn cage? I'm not an animal. You know, what are you going to do to me next? This doesn't look good on my head. And there's this guy in front of me in a blue uniform, like like a military uniform. And he looked like us, like a human, except his skin was as white as snow. And um, I don't, I've never seen someone, I'm, I'm sure, like, I know there's like pale people. There's, you know, we've all seen that in albinos, but this guy was all one shade. He was all white and um, he had blonde hair cut, you know, like any typical military soldier would. And it was short on the sides and on the back and kind of a little bit longer on the top. And he was talking to another gray type dude. But this one looked a little different than the other ones. Like the ones that were in the room messing with me, they... Their heads had a more, you know, typical little green man shape to them. The, the one on the screen was making noises at this dude, and they were they were on a call like we are right now, but but a video call. And the the gray on the the hologram screen thing, his uh his cheekbones and his eyes were like that that section of his skull was a little bit whiter that's how he looked different and his jaw was a little bit shorter and he sounded like a like a small bird when he spoke the other dude did not speak the same language he i don't even remember what language he was speaking but judging by the body language of the the human looking man he seemed to be receiving orders and giving information or maybe he was giving orders i'm not sure but just by his body language he was very intensely paying attention to the other being on the screen and he pointed toward me and then spoke again. And then uh, this screen thing turned into a bunch of symbols. And the call, I guess, was ended. And then he came over to me and then he crouched down and looked me in the eyes and said to me that he was going to get me out of there and that I was going to be okay. He opened up the cage and I fell in my bed. That's all I remember. Like, I don't remember how I got out of the cage or anything. I just remember, like, like being, like, relieved. And then, uh, you know, when I, when I was in my bed, like, when I hit my bed, I was, like, I freaked out. And I was, like, really hope that was just a fucked up dream. But I didn't feel like I slept. I felt like it all happened and I remembered all the details. And uh, I just didn't want to talk to anybody 
for like days. I didn't want to like, I, I don't know. I kind of had a breakdown about it. It was a lot to take in. No, most definitely. It sounds, any, anyone listening to this um, could definitely sympathize with how distressing that whole situation sounds. The situation between the two beings talking uh, while you're in the cage, that's that's something that I can't say I've specifically heard that exact scenario playing out. So I'm very curious about what was going on there. And also, like, as you said, the, the human type being, but having the really pale skin. Really pale skin. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm, and he had, I, I remember so many details about him. Because I remember that being like the weirdest part. I I wanted to talk to him so bad. Like when he turned to talk to me, it, and I think I did. I just don't remember, man. Yeah. But I I wanted to know what are you like? If like are you like are we are we the same? If I I sympathize. I don't know. I like you when you. I guess because I was in that situation. Like as soon as I saw him. I was like, hey, maybe you could help me out, dude. Hey, like we're both, you know, like this is such an uncomfortable and alien situation, like alien literally, but but like that was the only familiar thing in the entire environment. And the the detail of him wearing the uniform as well, like that also then plays into like, what are you? Are you? Yeah, you are a soldier. He's definitely a soldier from from the way he's standing, uh, his uniform, the way. And he was built, dude. Like, like he was very strong. Uh, definitely taller than me. Uh, looked handsome. Uh, blue eyes. But you could tell, like, this was a military soldier, or like this was a man uh, of some sort. And I'm not talking about a grunt. Whoever this was was important. Was carrying out some sort of mission. I don't know what it was, but I guess I had to do with it. Mm. After after this experience, it sounds like for a few days there you were really rattled by this. Did you ever speak out to anyone? Yeah, when I woke up, I got dressed, and um, well, first before I got dressed, like uh, I ran into my bathroom, like looked in the mirror, and I was just, like looking for things because you know I was just checking to see like did they do something to me. They did they do something and like put something in me. Um, but then again, like even if they did, I probably wouldn't be able to see it. Um, I probably wouldn't be able to get to it. Like if if I wanted to track deer or or elk and I wanted to see their movements throughout the year, so and then study that stuff, I would just tag their back, you know, because they can't reach it. <laughs> Like when they do something similar with humans. Anyway, I I ran. I I didn't have a car at the time, so I got dressed. I ran to Wesak, where my brother lived, and he saw me. I was in a distressed mood. I talked to him about it, and he just was like, you know, calm down, listen. It was probably a bad dream. Besides, like just chill man like he was just trying to like say like you know it's probably just a bad dream a really fucked up dream and uh i didn't really help so i just stopped talking about it i didn't tell anybody i i know it 
the kind of stigma was around to it. I I told my uh, told my wife, and she thinks it's a dream. And I told her there were just some things about it that I know that make it not a dream. Because for one, I don't really remember my dreams. Two, well, I mean, unless they're like super weird, but I only remember certain weird details. It's not like I'm going to remember the whole dream like I remember the like majority of that encounter. And the other thing is my throat hurt really bad. Like something got shoved down my freaking throat and into my guts. That was the indicator. About a month later, I moved away and moved to Washington. And the day before my flight, I had some weird ass dream about like orbs and stuff like that. That's all I remember from the dream was like orbs, flying orbs, getting close to them. And I woke up with burns on my face and on my arms. I burn myself often. Like I say, I, I work with metal and repairing stuff and I work on guns. So I'm always messing around with like a torch and trying to weld and stuff. You get used to burning yourself. You know what burns look like. These weren't like, I don't know what they were. They left little holes in me. Like little, little itty bitty, not like deep, little itty bitty, like dots, and in a weird way. Like uh, I got them on my cheekbone, my left side, and then uh, my lower jaw, on uh, like where my chin is, uh, on the right side of my face, and then a little bit on my neck. And they didn't really hurt. It, they just hurt when they were healing, and they were just weird. How long did they only left take? faint scars? Um, I'm long. Uh, I think just like a couple of weeks. Yeah, right. For it to fully fade away. And since then, have you had any other dreams that relate to any of this phenomena? Do you think? Well, I wanted to go forward and talk about it. I guess, like I, I, I look up stuff from here to there been on reddit and i saw a post someone asking about has anyone ever encountered like aliens i know this is like a ufo thread and i was like yeah i have i'm just gonna say it. i'm just gonna go out there and put myself out there and see what happens because i want information i think that sharing information and talking about these things with other people can help learn about this and other people were saying dreams like have you ever had anything weird happen when you're a kid dream about weird stuff in my Heck yeah, I used to have dreams about deer all the time and like other animals as well. And I had a dream that a deer like was out my window and I opened up the window and got out and was like, hey, I just to like hang out with this deer and follow it and walk me over to a field where there were like deer that look sick and some of them are lying down dead. And there was one like, uh, it was a buck and like something was just wrong with its eyes and he was standing under a big huge deer feeder and people you know on that experience or chat or whatever or form they they were like they use dreams as like a thing to cover up your trauma i think maybe that might be it and as far as after that experience Heck, yeah. Yeah. I think after that, after 2015, especially like after then, yeah, 
I've had some weird shit happen. And, and uh, I sent you a photo that I took when I was at the bus stop trying to drop off my kids. UFO. I saw a black UFO. It was a cube in the sky. Where, where I'm at in Oregon now, I've just seen weird, weird stuff in the sky. I've seen like one flying saucer, uh, kind of like hiding in the clouds. And I've seen a cube hiding in the clouds. And me and my sisters have witnessed what looked like a ball of fire. Like fire, but in the shape of a ball, zigzag across the sky above our house. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, I hope you're enjoying this interview with an abductee. Just before we get back into the interview though, I just want to give away a shirt real quick. So all you have to do to win a Paramal Thoughts podcast t-shirt is either go onto our Facebook or Instagram. Both of those links are in the description of this podcast. Follow or like us, depending on what platform you're on, and then send me a message or DM with the word grey, as in G-R-E-Y, 
as in Grey Alien, pretty much, because that is the topic of our discussion here today. So all you have to do is go follow or like our Instagram or Facebook page, send me a DM with the word grey. And at the end of January 2023, because that's when this episode is being released, at the end of the month, I'm going to pick someone from random. I'll get in contact with you and uh, there'll be a shirt on the way to you. So yeah, if you want to win a shirt, uh, get onto that right now. And now back to the interview. I'd just like to go back to the dream. You mentioned when you were a, a kid with the deer and so on and the buck having the big eyes and so on. Like, I definitely think what you you hit it on the head with uh, dreams being used to as coping mechanisms to, you know, sort of cloak certain things. It's the whole screen memory concept of often using animals as these yeah, cloaking devices to appear more normal. You know, and if you're having these dreamlike experiences, it would make sense to see animals, but it always seems like they're never quite right. You know, it's like they can never get the eyes right, or there's always these like little telltale signs that it's like, yeah, and there's something wrong with the skin. And it's just, I never thought about it being, and I, I, I'm serious. Like, I've had dreams like that, like throughout my life. And it wasn't until I posted, about my experience that I started getting this feedback that really made me think like maybe this isn't the first time and I just don't remember it and it creeps me out yeah but then again thinking back to like how scared I was in 2015 when that happened and thinking about the possibility of it having happened before it kind of is comforting a little bit now that I've had time to reflect on it and actually have been trying to think about it to like work through it and not be like paralyzed or like you just start sobbing when you think about it or talk about it. It If they wanted to hurt me, if they wanted to kill me, they would have already done that. They would have already done that to a lot of people. If they've been doing this for a while, their intentions aren't hostile. That's exactly right. They could have done far worse. They had you right there. You know yeah, what they're you know what they're capable of. And I think the thing I mean, you've you've come to that conclusion of you only have this experience that happened in two thousand fifteen that you remember, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the only experience. And from what we can tell, typically people are taken multiple times throughout their entire life. And it does seem like for whatever reason, the people who've chosen it does seem like a lifelong or at least for a portion of their life, an ongoing experience. And I guess it makes sense rather than just sort of picking people at random and doing, you know, whatever sort of experiments or whatever they're doing. Um, once it's like, let's do this over the course of however long, as you kind of would if you're doing research, you know, you'd pick your your specimens and look at them over time. But as you said, you've come to that conclusion it is interesting and this is i'm sure you've sort of been pondering this of if it has happened prior to that and after that i mean having those strange burns on your face um after going to sleep things like that like that that's all very it's 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 really strange right but you don't have a specific experience related to that unlike what happened in 2015 so it's the thing of why do you remember that experience why did they allow that were were they was it a routine kind of thing maybe that 
they did try to erase that memory, but they didn't for some reason? Or why do you remember? I'm so glad you've asked that because I started recently thinking about that too. About like a month ago, I, I tore my guts open working out. So I had to get surgery and that all happened like about two weeks ago. So I had a surgery to fix my guts two weeks ago and the surgery went wrong in one way. Somebody locked on. <laughs> uh, I don't know what drugs they gave me, but before they knock you out, they do some, they pump something into you that's supposed to go into effect and messes with your body. And then along with that, they give you anesthesia to knock you out. Well, whatever they gave me made me feel like I couldn't breathe. And I'm pretty sure I couldn't. I'm pretty sure I actually did stop breathing on the table. And I was like reaching out and I was trying to like grab the nurse and be like, oh, I can't breathe. And I couldn't talk. But, you know, I'm hooked up to a machine. So if something went wrong, I could have figured it out. Anyway, I woke up. And I was all like, hey, hey, what are you screwed up? And they were like, oh no, you know, you know, you know, you were in the you were in the care of professionals. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm just happy to be alive and be fixed. Thank you. But uh that's what I think what what basically happened with them. I think somebody fricked up. I think somebody screwed up and didn't do something right. And I think they realized it once they saw me like. Like they probably saw me open my eyes, or I don't know. When that dude tried to put that thing on my face, I looked right into his eyes. I wanted to give him the stare. Like, you know, we don't ever look anybody in the eyes. It's it's a hostile kind of behavior to like stare at somebody in the eyes. I looked this dude in the eyes, and I was like, like you know, like I wanted to be like, as soon as I break out of this motherfucker, I'm gonna kill you. I felt nothing. I did not feel that way when I looked into this dude's eyes. I felt dread. I felt like I was going to die. I I think somebody screwed up. I think that they were supposed to wipe that. And I think that maybe they wiped out some of it, but they didn't wipe out all of it. Something went wrong. And, you know, they, they maybe that was why I was paralyzed. Maybe they did it beforehand or maybe they did it afterward. I yeah. think that's why I remember. That's that, that's really interesting that you just had this surgery like two weeks ago and you've kind of been able to come to that conclusion that, yeah, maybe it just was a mistake. Someone didn't do what they were supposed to do and now you're left with this memory rather than it you know, being this profound thing of let's give him like a little bit of um, an insight here. It sounds like no, 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 no one was interested in that at all. It was a routine thing. It's someone's job. They do this, you know, however often – and the next minute, someone didn't do the right thing, and now you're left with this terrifying account. I definitely don't feel like I was picked up by like you know some crazy pot smoking teenagers from some other planet just trying to dick around with somebody. I, I definitely think that there was some sort of expedition going on. Like they, they obviously took samples of me from my stomach. That's I remember that they could have done anything else, and I, that I don't know about, but. They had objectives. What they were, I don't know. I know some people talk about telepathy and all that. Um, I didn't, unless the telepathy that they wanted to put in my head was fear. I didn't. I didn't receive any thoughts or anything like that. The only thing I could remotely find familiar was was the guy in the blue suit and the. I mean, in the blue uniform. So, before this experience, did you have? much interest at all in the abduction phenomena? Heck no. I Honestly, it's not like I was like, 
oh, this is just a bunch of malarkey. It was just one of those things that, I, you know, like the most thing that I was into was like, I'm all into engineering and like propulsion type stuff. And like, I like astronomy and I like nature. I like, I like science. I was never into like ghosts. I still am on a, I still don't even like really believe in like ghosts per se, but I mean, it's a whole different subject, but yeah, I, I wasn't like for sure on aliens or abductions. I was like, you know, people are on earth. So yeah, I mean, I'm totally open to the possibility of like other types of people or other things that aren't even like look like us on other planets. But it wasn't like, I was like, oh yeah, I definitely believe in this. And like, it's not like I had a book on, on them. Like, you know, like you do with like, you want to learn about drafts? Well, there's books on it. We know that they exist. You know, here's information. You want to go see one? You can go fly out and you can go see one. You can go to a zoo and you can go pet a giraffe. It wasn't like I looked at aliens like that. Like, oh yeah, you they could totally just grab you. Like, that's what was so terrifying. It wasn't like when, like I said, when I realized what was in front of me, I freaked out because, like, I didn't, I really wasn't sure about it beforehand. And to just wake up like that, that was that was effed up. That's really messed up. And then after that initial experience, when did you come to terms? Well, maybe not so much come to terms, but when did you feel the need to start maybe doing some reaching out, doing some digging into what may have happened? And have you sort of gotten any answers, do you think, to maybe what you experienced or found things uh, very similar? Or where, where are you with that? I didn't really. So right after that, and after it happened, I kind of just stayed in my house for a bit for like a few days. I put that in the old memory bank, stuffed it in a bottle, and like hit it. Just tried not to think about it. And it was eventually because it was so awful. I didn't really want to think about it. I didn't want to feel that way. I didn't want to like have anxiety and like have a fucking mental breakdown for like the rest of my life you just stuff it in stuff in a little bottle shove it in the back just never think about it never revisit it be fine wasn't until recently that i really started looking into it because i i guess the fireball in the sky i saw over a year ago got me thinking about it again is that you up there is that others is that others i don't know i haven't really gone in the woods because of it either um I've seen the cube. I took a picture of that at a bus stop. So I'm like, uh, I'm not like afraid that might happen again. I just don't want to be in that position. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I've, I've spoken to people who something like this can happen to them and they become obsessed and do a lot of research into it. And then I've spoken to people like yourself who it's happened. You somewhat accept that you sort of try to, just leave it alone, leave it in the past. You're not denying it by any means, but you, you haven't suddenly become, you know, super engaged in like, you know, the forums and trying to get answers because, I mean, I, I, I completely understand both points of view. Obviously, you know, I'm someone who is really passionate about this topic and has done a lot of research. Um, but for someone like yourself, 
I mean, I'm sure you'd like answers, but at the same time, maybe you don't because maybe there's a reason why you weren't meant to remember and you weren't meant to wake up. You know what I mean? Maybe they are actually doing you a solid by you're not meant to remember, you know, Evan, as you said, someone cocked up and here we are now, you know, like how how much has this event, you know, sort of changed your life or had like some sort of impact, you know, from by the sounds of it, you weren't ever supposed to remember. I look at life a lot differently. Look at everything differently. I think that that might be why they do that. I want to say that the fact that one of them can walk around that looks enough like us that they could just walk around probably freaks me out and and then kind of doesn't you would have to keep in mind what you're looking at when you really reflect on that when i really reflect on that experience what am i looking at I'm looking at what is probably an extraterrestrial that looks like a human and probably is maybe not what if it wasn't a human at all and what if it's cooking i don't know but what if it was and they're not from here they're not from earth they have nothing to do with that and they wouldn't have any concepts on that culture or anything all they know how to do is speak this language too they can communicate with you but you could just come down here and just like walk around have some coffee with us eat a sandwich go back up just like that you have any idea like they could just be walking around right now yeah, that's like a really interesting thought. There's that. There's the idea that you could talk about maybe more of like a hybrid situation where it seems like whatever these beings are, maybe mixing DNA with us and then sort of making this alien hybrid, which is, I guess, human enough to live amongst us and you wouldn't ever know. Definitely something that's been reported on. And I mean, it's then it opens up a whole other bunch of questions like what what are they doing then? Are they just trying to live a regular life? You know, are they then, as you said, this this fellow was wearing a military uniform. Have they then sort of breached into these government agencies? You know, they're actually on the inside uh, and whether or not are people aware of that or are they just doing that covertly? And, you know, just as I said, sort of they're in the system. It's something to think about. It doesn't freak me out. I mean, eventually we're all going to have to come to this. You can't just expect to walk to the coastline, to walk to a beach and say, this is the end of the world. It's always going to get bigger than that. And I guess for a lot of people, that's probably like a hard leap to take. You could think of it like back in the day, people used to like sacrifice humans to like the sun and stuff like that. And then one day upon their shores came ships. Is what they called aliens, bearing flags and armor and weapons from their own homeland. That's some scary shit for them. And I think it is for a lot of people to witness something like, like you know, like I did, or or to witness something like Bigfoot or all these other things that other people talk about. We're all eventually going to have to like be cool with each other somehow. But I guess the part that weirds me out is. I'm a human, and I don't. The most terrifying things that I've witnessed in life have been caused by humans, not by aliens, not by extraterrestrials or anything like that. So, definitely few fear humans a lot more. But I imagine that the people out there are probably just like us. There's good ones, and there's bad ones. You know, 
so with uh with all that technology and all these capabilities just go to and fro whenever you want i mean it, i hope that the good guys are the ones patrolling the area just the main thought on the grander scheme of where Earth is on that scale. Um, and the other thing is, the guy was wearing a uniform. He was a, he was military. That means, you know, the old red, white, and blue isn't exactly, you know, top gun, to per se. We're not the top of the food chain. And I think that's, that, in itself, that whole moment of having to realize that after reflecting on this is, for me, the answer to everyone's question of why isn't there disclosure? Because why would our government come forth and say that, hey, you know how you have to listen to our rules and, you know, you better not mess around because we'll get you. After witnessing that experience and having to reflect on all this, I would assume after seeing a soldier who probably wasn't earthling, I would assume that world governments probably have to listen to a higher government. Like, like Earth is on a reservation the same way the Navajo are. Does that make any sense? I'm not sure if you know anything about yeah. like the First Nations, but they're under their own authority. They have their own laws. They do not, uh, the laws of the United States do not affect the tribes exactly. Tribes have their own laws, they're their own nation, they're their own country. They're, they're just inside the United States, and the United States has to protect them. We respect them. And I think that's the way Earth is. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. Yeah, you're not going to get disclosure because they're not the top dogs. They're sort of abiding under almost like a this, this law, I suppose, from a, a higher power, this higher being, this more intelligent civilization uh we're kind of just playing amongst those those rules and those sort of constructs you know and, and we're none the wiser per se i mean i feel like that is a very interesting insight especially how disclosure plays into all of this because i feel like a lot of it isn't related you know like the whole thing of the uaps all this footage that's come out from the um you know, Air Force and so on over the last couple of years. But whether or not that's even the same thing we're talking about here today, who's to say, but good chance it might be something completely different. But yeah, as you're talking about there, how the government could be involved. I mean, you saw a government official in this room, wherever you were, it would make sense that there is some sort of uh, overlap between what maybe uh, our government officials know and what they're sort of letting on and all of that. But yeah, that's that's very interesting. You obviously having seen the seeing these greys interact with someone who looks like they could be from Earth and in some sort of government here. You know, that's something to really think about. I think that's that's very profound. It's a lot to take in. It is. It makes you kind of go on like a thought rabbit hole. One of the reasons why, like, you know, I want to raise awareness about it. I mean, like get these conversations going, get people to talk about it, get people to like actually come forward with their stories and compare and contrast uh, the differences and the similarities and talk about the phenomenon and see how it can be addressed. Most, most definitely. I think that's, even though we might not necessarily have answers, I feel like we've definitely touched on some interesting things in our conversation that, 
could lead to some answers. And um, the biggest thing is, yeah, just awareness, letting people hear about these experiences because I feel like some have quite positive experiences and, you know, have a lot of acceptance. But there's, oh, yeah. But there's a lot of people who, like yourself, it was something which was understandably terrifying, you know, because you don't know what's happening. You're just, you know, you're not really supposed to. But for people to have something like that happen, which is really traumatic and there are groups that, you know, you can reach out to and help, but it's not like, it's not the same as like, you know, you can't then take time off work and get leave and so on. You know, there's not there's not these um, sort of structures in our everyday where these people who have these traumatic experiences, you know, which are very real to them, uh, have no sympathy in sort of day-to-day, which is extremely difficult and hence why people don't want to talk about it. Uh, and I guess it's not until we do speak out about it more because I feel like people would be alarmed by the amount of people who have had very similar experiences to yours and then, you know, all the varying uh, differences that stem from that. But, I mean, it's it's happening and it's been happening for a, a very long time, you know. So there's a lot of people in this boat and that's all we can really do is, I guess, awareness, I think, for the time being. Yeah. I haven't really sought out any groups or I, I've been offered, like, uh, people have offered me hypnotherapy for free and stuff like that, but they want to they take, like, three hours to do it, and I just don't really have that. I got three kids. I got a busy life. It's just hard to set aside time to do something like that. And How, how do you feel about the prospect of doing something like that and then uncovering more? Is that something you you'd want or do you feel it's better not to know heck yeah i want to find out more yeah i'm i'm all about the whole intel sciencey part of it i want to know as much as i can whatever information i can learn to you know expand my knowledge on anything i want it not for like personal gain but just just for just to spread the knowledge it's knowledge that's why that's why i'm doing this yeah well, I'd love if you ever do get the chance to do some hypnosis. If you discover anything, I'd love to hear more about that because that's always fascinating yeah. to hear about, especially if it's recorded or anything like that. You know, you can really uncover a lot. As far as the groups go, it's I guess I haven't really reached out for anything like that because, like, I I kind of have like a fear, like there's like this. Uh, disinformation like, like stuff just intentionally put into into forms to like just fill with lies or just start crap or, or to like discredit people and like other people have experienced what i'm i've experienced we're just we're just looking for like the real stuff we're looking for the real answers you're very cautious which is uh a yeah. great a great mindset to have because yeah you don't know what you're looking at that's why i tend to ignore a lot of the stuff I see online just because, I mean, does it serve much of a purpose? Probably not. Do I need to know it? Probably not as well. You know, it's just, it. once again, it really just starts to muddy things. But yeah, you're right. When you, Once you kind of do find those, what you feel like could be some real answers and some real interesting viewpoints, that's the kind of stuff you hone in on and take into consideration. That reminds me. Uh, you you point that out on this Reddit form or whatever they were talking about or 
some people talk about the whole consciousness aspect of this. Um, before my 2015 experience, I was reading a book called The Kundalini Experience. I don't know why I was reading it. It happened to be a book that was lying around the house. I picked it up, started reading it. Uh, it was about meditation and how it could help, you know, just help you and visualization processes and stuff like that. And I was really into it, you know. It, it was felt pretty good to do all of that kind of stuff. It just made me feel better. And I was really into meditation. And I don't know if that had anything to do with that. If if maybe that might be a way of communicating. I've heard of people like hippie groups getting together around a fire and like doing that sort of thing to like summon UFOs. I I have no idea. Like I said, I, I like the whole science aspect of it. But thinking back about how often I did meditation back then and how into it I was and then how that happened and then pretty much after that my psyche was like basically fucked and I hadn't really done it since then. I, I wonder if maybe it had something to do with that. Yeah, no, but that's an interesting thought though because it it lines up perfectly and it does sound like things like meditation, spirituality play massively into these experiences either before or, you know, more so after. You know, people have this different view on things and kind of want to become more connected to the world around them, you know. So I think if you're already someone who is in that headspace, that's something that potentially they might be looking for. I mean, it seems like there's signs of that anyway, I believe, that they uh, they pick certain people, very interesting, very diverse people, but sometimes there are these common threads like that, which, I mean, yeah, you're totally onto something there potentially. Yeah. I, I'm in the future might mess around with it more and I, I, I will try if I, you know, maybe if they don't, maybe if it happens again, um, hopefully they don't mind wipe me or maybe we could have a different kind of interaction that doesn't involve, you know, doing something that I don't particularly like, like making it to where I can't move. Like if we, if we could just have like a simple conversation, we don't touch each other you stand over there. I stand over here, so I don't. I don't cough on you and kill you with like a common cold or some shit. If we could just be chill. I think that would have been. I think that would be a cool interaction to have with them, friendly. I know, but I don't think that they have, at least from my interaction, like from what I gather, I I don't think that they look at all of us that way. That they, they didn't look at me that way. I, I would hope they would in the future, but I think that I was being looked at the way a veterinarian looks at looks at an animal patient. Like, hey, buddy, I'm not going to hurt you, but I, I'm not like, I'm not interested in like sitting down and having tea with you because you know I'm a human and you're a dog. They probably look at us like that. Like, yeah, dude, you're you're a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. Hi. Well, no, Ash, this has been great. I've really enjoyed hearing about your experiences. And I think a lot of people listening are going to get a lot out of this. I feel like there'll be some people who are going to hear this who've had something very similar happen. And just how genuine you've been, I think it just speaks volumes and is it's really important, I think. So honestly, I can't thank you enough for speaking with me and getting getting to just share your story. As we said, just, you know, having that conversation, it's 
I think it's the least we can do, and it's it's just very important. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been a first for me, and I'm, I'm happy to have done this. Happy to get the info out. Thank you so much for having me. Well, there you go. Interview with an abductee, speaking with Ash there. That was an amazing chat. I got a lot out of that, and I'm hoping you guys did as well. And of course, if you've had an experience and you'd like to reach out, either just to chat to me, or you'd actually like to come on the podcast and share your alien abduction experience, feel free to reach out to me. You can reach out on Facebook or Instagram or send me, even better, probably send me an email at paranormalthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you once again to Ash. And of course, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Here we are. We're going into the seventh year now of Paranormal Thoughts Podcast. So here's to hopefully another seven, hey? Thanks, guys, and I'll catch you in another podcast episode really soon. Thanks. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.